This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. I'm Molly Wood, author of Seen at the Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of Seen at the Real Deal. And of course, our producer, Veronica, at the controls. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud. Hey. <laughs> Veronica doesn't want to talk much today. I know. But she's going to have to because we're talking about World of Warcraft That's right, right off the top. Sad story about World of Warcraft, actually. Apparently some Starts parents... Starts out sad. Uh, we saw this on Joystick. Apparently some parents are suing over World of Warcraft addiction. So we talked about... The idea of games being an addiction. Yeah, in World and of how Warcraft it can be the same kind of addiction as drug uh, addiction. But yeah, according to Joystick, a 13-year-old Chinese boy jumped to his death last year from a 24-story building, allegedly after playing too much World of Warcraft. Whoa. Now this really, Veronica? you know what, this reminds me of all the stories about, well, I killed so-and-so because I was listening to Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, it's like whatever they happen to be doing leading up to that. Gets Seems blamed. to get the blame. Well, and what could it be? That's what I was going to ask you. Is there something about World of Warcraft that could possibly make you suicidal? I mean, like, not not a thing, not some subliminal message, but <laughs> since I haven't played it... If you play like, World of Warcraft backwards... How tragic can it get? I mean, could you spend years and years building up a character and then he would die and then you'd have to jump off a building? I, I, mean, I, I mean, I guess. I'm not at that point yet. Yeah. So, yet? I, I mean... <laughs> I'm headed there, but... Yet. I'm well on my way, but... Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, actually, World uh, Blizzard has put out a timer of sorts, a program that parents, like a parental control. Oh, really? So they can only allow their kid to play a certain number of hours a day or during a certain time frame. Hmm. So that's one way to kind of, That's you know, great. And you know what? That's actually kids, a good idea. But In my opinion, that's the way this stuff should go. It shouldn't be like banning it or whatever. Right. Ratings are fine as a guideline. They don't always work. But mm-hmm. something like that that gives the parent a tool to manage their kid. Right. Hey, I think the parents have another tool for managing their kids. It's, hey, quit playing World of Warcraft right now. Go well, outside. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, insert consequence here. Yeah, and I'm not saying that that isn't... But I just, do think... But, but it's I nice to have an a, extra thing of yeah. like, okay, you can play as long as the timer's going. That's a, and I think that's actually a really good idea. So where's, where, where's the safety net for a um, 20-something with no parent living in house? <laughs> we'll just start calling you every couple getting hours. getting out of control. You're allegedly responsible for your own actions at this point. So. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. We'll do what... It, we'll, we'll help as much as we can. Okay. In other dark and scary news... Dark fiber. Um. Oh, my gosh. So there's this posting on Slashdot today... Uh, about Robert, a guy named Robert Cringely, Cringely. He's at PBS. Detailing the plan for all the dark fiber that Google's been buying. And this is insane. Here's the plan. Here's the plan. All right, you want me to, to uh, go through yeah, this? Yeah, you go, you go. Uh, so apparently the uh, probable end, this is quoting from, from Cringely's article, the probable answer lies in one of Google's underground parking garages. There in a secret area, off limits to regular folk, is a shipping container. In the shipping container... They have hired a pair of very bright industrial designers to pack in the greatest number of CPUs, the most storage, memory, power, support, into this 20 to 40 foot box. (laughs) We're talking about like 5,000 Opteron processors. And then the idea is to make a bunch of these and drop them off by tractor trailer rig all across the country, Uh wherever Google owns access to the dark fiber. And basically turning the entire internet into a giant processing and storage (laughs) grid for Google. The Google Grid. Dude, they, ah, this is so weird. This is a science fiction movie. It's like Alias. This reminds me of Alias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're 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 driving in these dark black tractor trailers all across the country, dropping off these 
innocuous looking shipping containers and just, and just creating and then when the signal comes yeah they plug them all in and then what and then google and has then, a grid and then they store all your stuff on google base we don't know why yeah i mean obviously <laughs> this could be used for good uh, well i but I, we just don't know what they would i'm use kind it for. of at a loss yeah. to figure out what it could be used for other than uh, some sort of massive i mean you've all seen that spoof movie i suppose about the the spoof video that was going around about the google grid mm-hmm. and google's on google's on yeah and that i mean it's looking all too much like a documentary at this point <laughs> <laughs> all we got to know is where that jeff can, bezos is visiting mountain view where i can totally see them creating some sort of bezos. personal storage and internet for everyone where you then can just base your little i don't know they wouldn't replace they wouldn't replace the internet they would just provide massive storage and processing right. capacity well, and through Google. Building this grid makes sense in the context of what I once laid out in a column, which is if they are going to create some sort of parallel online-based operating system or computing environment and have it all be sort of thin client. I mean, they could do thin client Absolutely. all by themselves if they had this kind of grid and this kind of processing power and this kind of storage. They're talking about 3.5 petabytes of storage. Of disk storage so in each one of these little boxes. Is it people for ethical treatment to animals? Is either. it petabytes? Is, How do you say it? I would say petabytes. You would? Yeah, because oh. PETA makes me think of people for ethical treatment to animals. But yeah, I mean, this so it's just an association thing. This it's could not be a- <laughs> like the uh, suburbanization of the internet. Oh, where you have these like Google vast Google tracts where people have their internet experience, but then there's also the people that still live in the inner city of the web. And then we, of course, know that Usenet is the, the sort of like the, the down area. It's, it's the slums. Wow. This is pretty crazy. This is the suburbanization. Although I do want to know how this guy knows this. I just want to point that out. It's, it seems to be, other than this one article, unproven. So there's some possibility, maybe. I'm not trying to say this guy's making it Try up or anything. Try to dig it up. Find a source, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But there isn't a source in this story. Much less two, which is what is required by good journalism. The but you know, here's the journalism. thing. Every time we hear one of these stories coming out, we're like, oh, it's a rumor. We don't know what's going to happen. And two weeks later, it launches. True. The just Google like the Google grid. Instant Messenger is the biggest one I feel burned about. Dude, if they launch the Google Grid, people are just going to get too scared. They're going to flee. The, the Moogle. That's the new satellite they're going to put in to replace the moon. <laughs> and then... Did you hear about the that Moogle. one? Moogle. <laughs> ha ha. Well, we got another, um, there's just big stories breaking all, all weekend long. In oh. fact, um, we even have the source of this story. We should work all weekend. We've got a voicemail from Jeff to prove it. Hey, this is Jeff, and I sent you an email early on Friday. Maybe your podcast was already recorded. I wanted to get credit for my wife, Daisy Whitney, of Television Week. She broke the story today that TiVo would allow you to download television programming into your iPod. Now, we can't confirm that that is true. No, but, but we can what? say, hey, shut up. He's a proud husband. He is, and that's sweet. More power to him. I love it. But yes, uh, TiVo for the iPod and the Sony PSP. Yes. As a matter of fact, the story broke in the Chronicle. TiVo is it? No, it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> according to Jeff, it did to not. Jeff there. Anyway, it did break according on to Friday a story that we saw in the San Francisco Chronicle, uh, the TiVo is expanding its TiVo to go service. And this will allow recordings to be viewed on video iPods and PSPs. Hey, Tom, are you going to watch any of your TiVo shows on your new video iPod? No. Why? Because I have DirecTV. Oh, <laughs> and you can't have TiVo to go. Yeah, so Me neither. I know, but yeah, I just I did just buy an iPod video over the weekend. I finally finally made the made the plunge. Yes. That's my Christmas present early. And do you have TV on there? I do. I, I had already bought a few episodes of Lost, I, I right. think I discussed before. And so those are on there. And th- I have to say, they look a lot better on the iPod than they did on my laptop. 
because that's the that's the screen they're meant for. Right. And I got my haircut on Saturday and sat there it while I was nice. waiting. Thank you. As everyone can <laughs> see on the podcast, I sat there while I was waiting uh, in the waiting room and watched a little bit of Lost. Cool. It was nice. See, and that's what it's for. Yeah. Interesting. We already had to return our iPod video because the hard drive failed. Oh, yeah. <gasps> and get a new one. I'm worried about that. Oh. First generation like, hardware. Like, you know, brand new. I, here's here's the thing. And and even as I'm talking about this, I'm thinking like, yeah, but the video looks better on the Arcos. And, you know, I mean, there, there are lots of, it's not any one thing. But I tell you what, it is the easiest setup with an iPod. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I was even worried because they don't include the dock, right? I was like, well, I might have to use Eileen's dock and power. You know what? I plugged the thing in. Immediately, it said recognizing new hardware, and then it synced, yep. and then I was done. Yep. I didn't have to think or do anything. And that, I mean, is not the case. I, that is not the experience I've had with other MP3 players. Yeah. No, I think that's true. Although... It, you don't have to think or do anything until you have to send it back if it's broken. Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, if it, if it's uh, if it's flawed in the construction, that's a whole different. But when business. it's not flawed, it does. It is. It's dead simple. That's that usability. Why people like it. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for that. It's the dumb people's MP3 player. Anyway, welcome I'm being dumb, right? Welcome now. to the <laughs> the ranks of the pod people. Wait, so what kind of TiVo do I have to get to make that work? Series two, any series two TiVo. Okay. Also known as this season, the fifty dollars TiVo. Yeah. Oh, really? And I think maybe even free. At this but point, that doesn't with have a rebate. The two, does that have two tuners? Or yes. What? Really? No. No, it no. doesn't have two, two tuners. Molly, no. bad Molly. Bad and, Molly. And you know what? That's the thing I'm always ranting about, too. Anyway, the Series <laughs> 2 thing confused me. But no, sadly, it does not, it does have, not two have, tuners. have two tuners. So what does that mean I can't do? You Did cannot you? record two channels simultaneously. Okay. Well, I don't watch enough TV for that to be an issue anyway. And well, you, you have can't. to be watching the channel that you're recording. Oh, that's the big one. That's not you, good. You have yeah. to be watching what you're recording. Oh, man. I think it's a catch-22. I think there is a way, though, to get it to work with like some sort of splitter and thingy. Oh, you can actually. Yeah, okay. I think. Does it have a tuner in it? That might be the way to like you could still like a VCR has a tuner in it. So right. you can theoretically yeah, I think it watch has a something tuner else. In so it has a tuner you can just run another cable. But it'd have Somehow. to have a tuner that would work with your box, yeah. which is why you DirecTV and Dish always have their own TiVos, because those tuners don't work with... I get it. But I think there might be a way. So if it's compatible with your cable system, then you would be able to get around that. Okay, because I really want a TiVo. Yeah. Because, But I'm not really... Dis- I know nothing about it, like you, at all, for you some need reason. It. We'll, do, we'll do a little research and okay. let you know if you can get the, the two tuners going there, if you can hack it. Uh, another big news that we got sent by uh, Hans Christian sent us an email right before we were coming down here, and also uh, Hans Christian was taunting me that the BC Lions lost to the Edmonton Eskimos in the CFL semifinals. But, oh uh, no! But then he made up for it by sending us this story. Uh, Mac Daily News: They're reporting that Microsoft will announce tomorrow that they are going to open up Office file formats to competitors, <gasps> so that anyone could make software that read and saved in all of the Office file formats. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So that seems to spell doom for the open document format? That would seem to kind Possibly. of crush the uh, the momentum of mm. open document because the reason Microsoft will do it, according to the story, is to make sure that governments would be able to continue to use Microsoft Office because not just in Massachusetts here, but also... In other countries, right. they have been changing to open document standard because they want to make sure that everyone they work with can open the file. And so Microsoft's like, well, hey, we'll just open up the file formats of Word and Excel and PowerPoint. And, I see. And then it'll be all no big so no it's big thing. partly altruistic and partly a way to maintain the monopoly. Yeah, it's partly a way to quash the, uh, the open document momentum. Mm. 
Hmm. Interesting. So, well, I'll tell you the one thing about it, though. It's not dumb. Jury's still out on Microsoft's intentions and their reform issues, but here's another case where they're getting more open. They are getting more open to the detriment reason. to the detriment of other openness. But you know, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, it to is. Open your standards. It's yeah, just, exactly. The thing is, it's not a standard. It's not an agreed upon standard. It's Microsoft's own standard. So yeah. even though it's open, it's not like the open document where it's like I, you know, the open document is similar to like IEEE or or any of those standards that are. Right. Consortium has agreed upon. But, yeah. mm. Mm. It's better than nothing. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we haven't talked about Sony. We'll do that <laughs> in just a second. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. Back to Sony. <laughs> just for one second. <laughs> Just for a few more minutes. Well, it's like a it's like a segment now. It's like oh, it a Sony update. And in Sony Watch, I think we did get an email actually suggesting that we do a separate podcast just, just on DRM. DRM, yeah, <laughs> which isn't a bad idea. It's There's so many issues necessary. Yes. Uh, but yeah, somebody posted on the forums. Uh, X agent posted on the forums that you can return your Sony CDs for non DRM CDs and get MP3s. Mm-hmm. They will actually give you MP3 versions in addition to a non DRM CD, which I think is kind of interesting. It's sort that of overdoing it. It is a little overkill. <laughs> like, that doesn't seem to make much sense. Like, you know, not only will we give you a non-DRM CD, but we'll give you MP3s, too. You, you, you don't even have to rip it yourself. Log Vorbis? Yeah. Well, maybe, though, <laughs> maybe the reason is that then if you were to lose that CD, you wouldn't have to delete the MP3s like you did if you ripped the files there from the go. original yep. CDs. So you, it would free, it's a way to free you from their insane license agreement, which you shouldn't really be bound by anyway. Also, a uh, posting on Boing Boing says that a uh, high-placed source at Sony BMG has emailed uh, Cory Doctorow saying that in the there's an ongoing rootkit uh, controversy within Sony. Some of the top Sony BMG artists who had XCP placed on their CDs are complaining directly to the label heads. Wow. Furious that it will hurt their relationship to their fans. Some of the label heads are saying they don't want to issue any more CDs with rootkits. Wow. Um, I don't think Sony's going to issue any more CDs with rootkits ever again. Well, no. But whether this will end DRM within Sony is an interesting prospect. Right. And how draconian will their DRM continue to be? And how will they keep keep issuing copy-protected CDs? Yeah. Would this Could this actually turn Sony into the leader in figuring out the new, well, you know, I mean, I mean I would, it sounds silly. I but. would certainly like to see, to think so, but I have not seen any evidence that Sony gets it. No, not in yet. In terms of how bad this is. Not yet. Some of the lower people, the middle middle managers maybe, and definitely a lot of the artists get it, but yeah. this could put the pressure on them. Maybe. It's I don't a possibility. Know. There's been so much consumer pressure on Sony for so long about all the proprietary stuff that they do. That I just can't imagine without some massive not, corporate not, shakeup. Not anything like this, though. Yeah, they're going to have to fire some people. I mean, for instance, if you want to track all the lawsuits <laughs> happening to Sony, uh, go to sonysuit.com. There's a website put together there that tracks all of the lawsuits, and there are a lot of them. Yeah, more than like More than one. They uh, are growing. But then on the other side, there's the RIA president. <laughs> oh, man. Who, Speaking uh, of not... Getting it. Get this it. guy. Do you, yeah, you take this. I, I, can't, blah, blah. I can't do it. This guy, yeah, <laughs> talking about it earlier, Tom almost started to cry with horror. Um, no, that's not true. Anyway, RIA President Kerry Sherman gave a press conference uh, at a college and where he talked about the rootkit thing. And he seemed to misunderstand it as a just a software bug. Like he, I, he apparently thought that it was some sort of just 
flaw, like a, a, a vulnerability in Internet Explorer. And he said, well, Sony's apologized. He said they've apologized for their mistake. They've ceased manufacture of CDs with that technology. They've pulled CDs with that technology from store shelves. Seems very responsible to me. How many times have software applications created the same problem? Lots, he says. What? Hell? What? I wonder whether they've taken as aggressive steps as Sony BMG when those vulnerabilities were discovered, or did they just post a patch on the internet? Um, uh, Sherman. Um, (laughs) Not the same thing at all. No. This isn't a bug that they're patching. This is something intentionally placed Uh, for a reason. They did it on purpose. How many times have software applications created the same problem? Never. Never. (laughs) Thank you. Because they have not been deliberately (laughs) placed by a company. Well, the Corey Doctorow is posting is pretty funny. Um, Carrie, we have a name for the kind of company that installs a rootkit on your computer. It's called a criminal enterprise. <laughs> exactly. It is hardly a bug, which I, I find this to be generally disturbing that the guy who's probably very influential in terms of, I don't know, filing lawsuits against 12-year-olds is uh, completely ignorant of the fundamentally of the fundamental technology at work in, in this rootkit story and possibly, who knows, copy-protected CDs, DRM, uh, it's I don't know. I mean, when you say that he doesn't get it, and we're not just saying like he doesn't quite get that it's better to not use DRM for your business. <laughs> we're saying he doesn't even get it. He doesn't even know what a rootkit is. Right. He doesn't understand how copy protection works. I mean, how is he supposed to understand how DRM affects the business if he doesn't even know what it is? Right. He doesn't and have a basic understanding of software. Right. Which means that that. <laughs> That we can only assume the RIAA is filing lawsuits and lobbying accusations about the effect of piracy, music piracy and digital music piracy with potentially complete technological ignorance. This isn't like a special 78 that doesn't play on all the record albums. See, it's a whole <laughs> different ballgame. We're, we're out of that world. The whole thing is absolutely terrifying. Um, but the, I'm glad to see that people have been able to find humor in it. Uh, yeah. Such as the Foxtrot comic. I, lo- I actually really like this comic. It's one of the few I read. Um, has a whole little comic book about, uh, or comic strip. strip, strip, that's what they call that, um, about the Sony DRM thing, which is hilarious. And he says, they, they, he kind of, they lay out the problem, and then he says, it makes you feel sorry for people who bought the new Celine Dion album. Well, almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, ha ha. Good, good on you, Foxtrot. Uh, Sony PSP is unlocked again. We'd, we'd mentioned a while back that uh, the new firmware upgrade on Sony PSP prevented you from doing the hacks and using the Sony PSP in lots of cool different ways. <laughs> well, there is now another hack out that will get around the firmware update, so expect a new firmware update soon from Sony. Yeah. But for the time being, you can start doing the fun, cool stuff with the Sony PSP, even if you have the firmware upgrade, even if you buy a new Sony PSP. Yeah, so, we'll see. Next step in that. Also, but, I mean, Sony's last firmware upgrade even affected third-party applications, not just homebrew yeah. apps. They're good at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also completed their first full-length Blu-ray disc, Sony has. Sony mm-hmm. Pictures Home Entertainment, which is a totally different division. Not Sony BMG or Sony Gaming. It's... Too bad it comes with a rootkit. No, it does Just kidding. That's not true. I don't know. But, okay, let's boil this down to the whole issue, which is the record companies claim that all of this file sharing actually hurts their sales. Mm-hmm. So Cambridge PhD economics researcher Rufus Pollock has published an excellent summary of the the literature that has been published so far on the effects of file sharing on music. And the key quote is that he finds 
no statistically significant effect <laughs> on the sales of albums by file sharing. In other words, not a positive effect, not a negative effect. In some parts of the study, he talks about seeing a small positive effect. Some parts he talks about a small negative effect. The positive effect usually happens for new artists because they need the name recognition. Negative effect usually happens for more well-known artists because they don't. But overall, virtually no effect. And he says it's not the uh, point of his study to try to figure out what is causing the lower music sales, but it might be just you know competition from different sorts of entertainment like video games and being able to surf the web. It might be the fact that it's just a natural downturn. They've mm -hmm. seen downturns at other times in the seventies and the eighties. And he also speculates that, and this seems to me to be pretty relevant that people bought a lot more CDs when CDs first came out and they were needing to replace their albums and cassettes. Right. And then the effect of that may be just finally wearing off. That's really interesting. <laughs> Unfortunately, none of this absolutely logical, study will ever find its way into the hands of the people who are absolutely hysterical, <laughs> hysterical, McCarthy-like in their insistence upon blaming file sharing for the decline. All right, let's get on down to the bits. Okay. I could talk about that all day, though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, um, not including Windows Media Player in Windows doesn't make people want that version yeah, of Windows. Yeah, in Europe, they required a non-Windows media version of Windows called Windows XP N to be sold. Nobody's buying it. Yeah, it's part of the antitrust settlement, but apparently consumers were like, well, if I'm going to get Windows, I'm probably going to want Windows Media Player. According, anyway. Yeah, according to Slashdot, The Economist and Physics Web report on a study from Indiana University claiming that search engines have an egalitarian effect. They don't favor big companies or small companies over one another. They actually create a level playing field. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, in Canada, an ISP there is apparently blocking iTunes and um, possibly the iTunes, well, iTunes store and podcasts. So I know we have some Canadian listeners. Can you confirm whether this is true? And uh, the BART here in San Francisco Bay Area is going to install wireless in the subways so wow. that you can get your cell phone calls even while you're deep under the bay. Oh, good. In a tunnel. I think actually that there, I think one of the networks, AT&T, slash singular slash AT&T. I heard they're changing their name back again. Um, already does have support in BART. Because I what, definitely see people talking. In, in the tunnel? Yeah. Like in between stations? Wow. I think so, okay, yeah. So some part of it may have already been launched. Interesting. Yes, but, yeah, that's a bit too, actually. AT&T, the merger with SBC has been approved. SBC will be changing their name to AT&T mm -hmm. and then changing the name of Singular Wireless to AT&T Wireless. Which insisted that it would remain Singular Wireless after its merger with AT&T and did everything it possibly could to brand itself and rebrand itself and brand itself again as Singular and now they're just going to have to go back. So Singular bought AT&T Wireless, changed their name from AT&T Wireless to Singular, made it all Singular. Now Singular, who is owned by SBC, has been purchased by... SBC has purchased AT&T and so SBC is telling Singular they have to go back to calling themselves AT&T. <sighs> and you said I couldn't talk fast. That was impressive. I don't think I could have done that. All right, we got an email or in voicemail. Let's go to Evan, who has a solution to the whole TiVo ad problem. Hey, Tom and Molly, this is Evan. Just calling with a comment about the issue you talked about last week with advertisers not wanting Nielsen ratings on shows which have been TiVo'd or DVR'd. Um, I've got an idea for them. Why don't they just film the commercials in slow motion? That way, when people are fast-forwarding through them, they play at regular speed. Maybe they've already thought about that, or maybe I just blew their mind. Anyway, thanks, guys. 
Uh, <laughs> I love Evan. And that was what? hilarious. I think it could work. I know. That would be really I'm actually funny. imagining that. Like, I know. It, it's like silent film all over again. And I kind of like it if it was visually entertaining enough. Oh, I want to see that. All right. Now it's time to uh, put ourselves on the chopping block. Alex from Annapolis has a pointed question. Hey, Molly. This is Alex in uh, Annapolis, Maryland. So I'm sitting on my couch tonight looking at my TiVo thinking this is going to be really great when I get to watch the CNET review that gets that's being downloaded onto my TiVo. So I go to look at the info, and I see that it's got copy prote- protection on it. So it says I can't copy it to a DVD or VCR. What is up with that? Why? Just why would CNET care if I burned it to a DVD and gave it to a friend to watch? What is up with that? With all the talk about copy protection, it seems awful fishy that your employer is doing the same thing with TiVo. I just don't get it. Maybe you can help me with it. Ouch. Uh, we haven't confirmed this because I have a direct TV TiVo, but uh, I can believe it's true. And Brooke Fury, our uh, person over here in CNET Broadband who is in charge of that project, mm-hmm. said that we just deliver tapes to them. Right. We don't deliver uh, actual digital files. So if there's any copy protection on those files, TiVo is the one instituting it. It may just be a standard that's part of what we've talked about earlier where they are just copy protecting everything on the TiVo. But it is lame yep. L-A-M-E. Lame. Maybe we can send TiVo a sternly worded email. Interesting call from Greg about a posting he saw on Craigslist. Hi, Tom and Molly. This is Greg. Um, I'm calling about the EMI slash Apple iTunes Music Store pricing debacle. Um, I just thought it was really interesting that I was browsing Craigslist this morning and I found a uh, position being advertised by Apple uh, called the iTunes Music Store Pricing Quality Assurance Engineer. Um, from the uh, blurb for the advertisement, it says, in addition, testing functional changes for supporting price overrides, consistency checks, and other related pricing support features, uh, qualification of iTunes Music Store pricing for songs, videos, and playlists. And so I think it's interesting that this position is being filled and uh, kind of makes me more likely to expect that a uh, different pricing model will be announced soon. Um, all right, that's all I got. Bye. <gasps> ho ho! A pricing QA engineer. That is very interesting. The ITMS pricing QA engineer is responsible for testing and qualification of pricing. Well, if they're all ninety nine cents, what's it going to do? Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that that Aww. seems to indicate something. Don't do it, Steve. I still hold to as long as some of them are cheaper. I don't care if some of them get more expensive. That seems fair. I care. <laughs> uh, we got an email from Ari. This is just a really quick, really cool link for you xbox.clambert.org and uh, we'll try to post this up on the forums as well I totally read that as clambert <laughs> xbox.clambert.org it's a google map I think of just the best buy locations that have the xbox in stock so this is going to help you tomorrow yes inventory or today locator. if you're listening to this on Tuesday to figure out who has xbox 360s left go to this little map hey you know who's going to have xbox 360s us I, well hold on Come on. Don't, 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 we'll, we'll see. All right. That's up in the air. No. Uh, Dang it. Oh, and we got a voicemail from Trip. Haven't heard from him in a while. Roll Trip. Good Saturday morning to you, Buzz Out Loud crew. This is Trip here. Sorry it's been so long since I've been able to, to grace you with my call-ins. Um, I just wanted to say I, I was out of town and I didn't have access to my, uh, my Buzz Out Louds and this frapper thing. It's awesome. I don't know how I missed out on that. Good on you. I think his name is Chris. Whoever started that. 
good things. I've got like seven of them going now uh, on my own. But uh, anyway, I'm really sorry that it took me so long to get on there. And I just have to say, you know, Buzz listeners out there, tell me if I'm wrong here. Veronica, you looked exactly like I thought you would when I tried to picture, like, the third person there talking on the, uh, on the podcast. Totally eerie to me. But anyway, keep up the good work. Love this Frapper stuff. Give me some other stuff I don't know about. This is good, good stuff. It keeps me, uh, keeps me motivated at work to do something instead of totally nothing. Welcome yep. back, Trip. <laughs> I'm glad you like the Frapper. Yeah, we'll have to come up with more little toolsies like that. And the Frapper is going off. It's great. There's lots of cool stuff. And up to 333, I think. I'm glad I look the way you think I look. <laughs> <laughs> no surprises here. Shout out. A little Frapper shout outs. Uh, remember, it's Frapper without an E. F-A-R-F-R-A-P-P-R dot com slash buzz out loud. Uh, Anil in Istanbul. Cool. Garrett in Las Vegas who said, Molly and Veronica Rock. Oh, hi, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Very dumb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff in Glen Allen, Virginia. He's not from anywhere exotic, but we're still giving him a shout out. That's right. Because Virginia's uh, cool enough. Carlos from Rio. Somewhere exotic. (laughs) Sorry, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that is it. Do not forget to visit helpdesk.cnet.com. Helpdesklive.cnet.com. We will be streaming live all day Friday uh, with answers to your questions on shopping. If you're uh, out shopping for gadgets, we'll be there for you. So send us your emails and uh, mention that you listen to us on Buzz Out Loud, mm-hmm. and you might get some priority seating in the call queue. Uh, you can always send us email, buzz at cnet.com or 1-800-616-CNET. Post on our forums, forums.cnet.com. In the Buzz Out Loud lounge. Yeah, baby. Thanks. Bye. Bye.